This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. everybody this is phil town and this is danielle town welcome back we're we're back talking about the berkshire meeting uh because that is the mecca the church of value investing and that's what we do rule <laughs> one investing is don't lose money kind of investing um, which means you basically put that first that is your first thing to look at in any investment that you do anything you're going to put your money into is to look at that and say okay how how can this thing burn me? How can this result in me losing money? And then mm-hmm. like looking at a house in the, you know, in the neighborhood you live in, if assuming you're living in a good place, you like the town you live in, you look at that and you just go, okay, how am I paying a reasonable price here for this thing? Am I paying an attractive price? Cause if I pay too much, I could not make enough money on this to make it worth doing the investment over time. And is it a solid house? Is it a, is it going to be solid for the next 20 years? Can I make a long-term projection here, maybe not on house prices, but certainly on rent, that it will continue to grow, you know, and I'll make a good investment. People do that all the time. It is not hard to do. Everybody can do that. And that's essentially buying real estate. Everybody buys, everybody buys a house. People can buy houses. Love the sentiment. Can't let it go by. It's terrifying to buy a house for many people, including me. So it is a giant investment and you're leveraging it. If you're for anyone listening, who's like, what the heck? That was the most terrifying thing I've ever done. I'm with you. It's the most terrifying thing I've ever done. So (laughs) don't listen to him. Fair enough. Um. <laughs> I always like to put it in terms that people are already comfortable with, you know, and then all of a sudden you blow me up yeah. that this is the just, scariest just thing on the planet. No big deal. Oh Only the gosh. biggest amount of money you'll ever spend in your life. <laughs> it, uh, well, that is that is true. It's probably <laughs> one of the biggest investments. For most of us. Unless you do this kind of investing and <laughs> get rich. Unless you do this kind of investing and, and then, uh, then get rich Then you'll be making other investments for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so we were so, talking about... Uh, yeah, the main points of the Berkshire meeting. Yeah, and we ended talking about this great question from Daphne about inflation. And I just wanted to say that the reason it kind of frustrated me a little bit that they didn't really answer it. And you had a great point last time that often they do that when they don't want to share information. And looking at what they do is a lot more instructive than what they say. But what I wished, because it was such a good question, it was from such a young girl who was excited to be there, and I just wish that they had given her a real answer. And I, they have so, especially Buffett, has written so much about how to find a great company in an inflationary environment. And I wish that he had talked about that a little bit because I would have loved to hear that out of his mouth, not just from his letters, which is where he's written about it so much, but I would have loved to hear him talk about a company that 
can raise its prices with inflation and even beyond inflation that has a really attached customer base that needs their product or their service and that uh, that is not going to be optional as people are starting to tighten their budgets. Oh, and that, I would have, I would have just loved right to there. hear more information about that from him. So that's why it bummed me out. You totally bit. nailed it. You just laid it out there. That's exactly what you're looking for. You know what? I did the investing intensive. I read the letters <laughs> and uh, wrote about it for six months for the invested practice. So well, I think it's right on the yeah. money. You just absolutely pegged it. If you didn't get all that, rewind and, and listen to it because it is exactly right. Um, that is what Buffett would say if he decided to answer that question. I'm quite sure about that. Um, but I'm going to take another side of that real briefly. Go for it. And that is an inflationary environment. One of the things he pointed out is having cash available. Of course, he's talking about Berkshire being the most responsible business mm. in America kind of thing. True. But I having cash is, is like oxygen. It's always needed. Yes. And um, essentially... There's, he said it's always needed and you don't notice it until it's gone. Until it's gone. And then he said that if we have a financial crisis like we had in the COVID drop or in 2008 where we, mm -hmm. we had a freeze up of finance, then money is the only thing you need. There's no other currency that'll get you out. He's talking dollars, right? He's talking dollars. So. I, I think that's a really important point because if we've got inflation running at 7%, one of the biggest concerns people have is sitting in cash. Yeah, you're true. Getting, you're Very, getting 1% oh, maybe now in a money market account, maybe, and you're sitting in cash and the cash is going backwards at a net minus 6% a year. Yeah. That ain't good. No. But you have to do it. You, you have to have the currency there when the economic storm hits because if you don't have it there before that you're not going to be able to do anything when it happens and this is how you end up with generational wealth or a real emotional moment right and the market mm. drops 50 percent, and you didn't get out now you just have to wonder emotionally if it's ever going to go back in the next 20 years but how much better is it to be sitting in cash even though you're looking at a cash negative against inflation it's so much better, both emotionally and financially, to have cash available when you're coming into the teeth of a storm. And that's what we're doing. Now, the other side of this that Buffett just laid out there, which I thought was fascinating, is that don't bet against what the Federal Reserve might do hmm. in order to snap the markets up. You know, they start to see it start to sag as we're starting to see with real estate, with mortgage rates at five and a half percent having doubled in the last few months you know what's going to happen to real estate and what's going to happen to the stock market in 1981 they jumped in there in 2008 they jumped in there in 2020 they jumped in there and what powell's doing now is anticipating that the federal reserve needs to tighten and they're tightening it um and they're trying not to throw us into a deep recession the point being is that when it rains gold you are not going to have a lot of time to take advantage of it the Federal Reserve will move, oh, and they will move aggressively. They did so in 81, and they did so in 08, and they did so in 2020, and they're doing it faster all the time. 2020 was like, whoa. It was they unbelievably really fast. The, but I'm. I, can we just pause on this for a moment? Sure. Because we've discussed this before, like quite a few times over the course of my investing education. And we've discussed... Um, a market drop and what to do and and 
how quickly to act, you know, because I was like completely freaked out at the idea that I would have to uh, know exactly the right time to do something. And what you had said to me several years ago before the COVID crash was it will take a long time. There will be, sorry, my voice. <clears throat> I was wrong about that, wasn't I? Um, no, I don't think you were actually wrong. I think the behavior of the Fed and the government was very different than yeah. it had been. Yeah. It was faster, as you just said. So that's a different thing than being wrong. That's that's new information. But but the it was okay, what am I trying to say? So what in that moment I was thinking, and we've talked about this, oh, I have time, like it's gonna take a while. Mm -hmm. And so I think interestingly what you're saying now is kind of the opposite. And I just want to like make yeah. sure I'm clear on that. Okay, so that when when we're looking at entering the market during this economic storm, what's happening is that um, all of the businesses are going down, let's just say. So you have a watch mm -hmm. list of, of 10 companies, and mm -hmm. some of them are going down faster than others. Some of them were way overpriced and are, are going down, but they're not still near your margin of safety price. So the, the discipline is to buy in the margin of safety right what you want to do is you want to buy this company at half off of its intrinsic value mm -hmm. and so that's the discipline the emotional side of this is that it's still going down and so we all are a little bit looking to time the market and i think buffett pointed out pretty good that you know he he's bad at that and he got in in 2008 instead of waiting for 2009 and mm -hmm. he was six months early but what he was doing was buying really good companies that were on sale as far on sale enough. Right. And then he also yeah. pointed out, by the way, at the weekend that if you've got to be able to be unemotional about the company going down a lot more, which can take us maybe next week to the Netflix situation. Yeah. Right. Um, where you have a wonderful business and it's going down, it shouldn't create an emotional problem. Just like if you buy a ten dollar bill for five dollars and now you can buy the same ten dollar bill for two dollars, it shouldn't. Um, unduly upset you that you bought it for five because you, yeah, yeah. you got a fabulous deal. So that is to the point of your of your question and the issue. And that is, as this thing is going down, you've got to make sure you enter the market while it's in the margin of safety. And the way I do that personally um, is to take at least one quarter of the overall position I want when it gets into the margin of safety. All right. I'm going in for a chunk. Hmm. Be sure, and then what I want to do is I want to continue to emotionally embrace the idea that this stock price is going down, even though I own it at five dollars. I want to be emotionally connected to it, exciting that it's going down to four dollars because I've still got money to spend. Yeah. And as it goes to four, I'm going to load up again, okay, take another tranche, maybe two, but then I'm going to hold a fourth piece of the, the, the last quarter piece of what I want to put in. I'm going to hold on to that so I can continue feeling really good as this thing goes to three. Watch right. you with me. And then, yeah, yeah. Now, because I don't know. This is the slow drop scenario. Yeah, the slow drop scenario. Which did and, not happen. No, and I got, <laughs> I only got, well, I'm going to put this in perspective. This is great. Okay. I only got about half in because of this strategy um, yes. in March of 2020. I only got about half in because I was waiting for the rest of it. And I have never seen the market turn around like it did 
it, it, these things just shot up and they really shot up out of the margin of safety and I just thought well it's temporary <laughs> or something right I don't have a crystal ball I thought it would come back down again never seen anything like it despite the fact that I was still 25% in cash from the bottom of the market in March of 20 when we stepped in until a year mm -hmm. later we're up 40% on the entire portfolio Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So the whole, the impact of getting in a lot of money at, at the right time means you don't have to get in all of it. You, you just do your best to get in as much of it as you can. You're not going to do it perfectly. You're not going to be able to anticipate it. And Buffett would, and Munger would probably say, you screwed up by not buying enough. Well, I screwed up a lot less than they did. They didn't buy any. They were waiting <laughs> So Buffett is sitting here saying, I don't time the market. Excuse me. There was a bunch of stuff on sale right there, Warren. And you didn't pull well, the trigger. In your opinion, maybe oh, not. hundred percent in my opinion. And I can point to the companies he's bought since. And <laughs> at higher prices. <laughs> at higher prices. <laughs> so fine, Warren, you don't time the market, but you just definitely were sitting there waiting. My guess is that he was pretty busy on those days fielding calls from very worried could, could CEO be. friends saying, that, that like, can you bail us be. out if we need you? Absolutely probably right. He was sitting there realizing his, his requirement is going to be to have this giant cash hoard available if it's really necessary. And he didn't have a crystal ball. And so he had the cash hoard and it turned out to be not necessary and the thing shot up. And I don't, you know, Warren's never seen the federal government step in to save the day like that before either. It's mm -hmm. always, you know, come, come down to him to a certain degree to save three or four companies. And, yeah, uh, and he's, he actually has said that, I think last year he talked about that, um, yeah. that he was taking these phone calls and, and did not expect the government to be, to act so quickly and and Berkshire ended up not being needed yep. in the way that he expected. And it's I, I got to believe that because he can move very, very fast. He just did yeah. move very, very fast. I mean, on February 26th, Buffett was talking this year, Buffett was talking about, ah, we just, there's no money to put to work. There's no opportunities. Literally two weeks later, he just bought billions of dollars of Occidental Petroleum. Yeah. So he's just like... And you Allegheny. He talked about that at the beginning, yeah. buying Allegheny so, out of the blue. I mean, it, it, <laughs> when the opportunity comes, you've got to be ready to pop it. And and what he, what he said to back that up is that the market can go from a casino, a gambling house, to an investing house so quickly. And he's saying mm. that the market can do that <clears throat> more today <clears throat> than he's ever seen. And that was the reason he was able to get so much of Occidental uh, and these oil companies, because the market was just volatile, and it would didn't matter that he was buying like a maniac, right? I mean, he's talking billions of dollars. That yeah. would normally just move that stock straight up, and he wouldn't be able to get a lot. But the market didn't care. It was just volatile. It was jumping around, jumping around, and he was able to load up the truck, so he took advantage of it. 
So yeah, I mean, you, you, you get a long-term view and you're looking at businesses that are wonderful and when they fall into the margin of safety, you've got to buy them. And your biggest mistake is not getting the truck loaded up. You know, I wish I had loaded it up more. Um, I, I always make those, those are my two big mistakes, by the way, for 40 years of investing. It's gone pretty well, is that it, I'll, I'll fail to get enough in in the margin of safety because I'm, I'm protecting myself against the emotion of not wanting it to go down further. I want mm-hmm. it, I always want it to go down further because I've got money to spend. And the other thing is on the other side of it, selling too soon. And this is where Buffett mm-hmm. and Munger are better than me by a lot. And they're better than me at everything, but by a lot in this regard is they're just more, much more patient and willing to sit tight, right? And instead, when I, when I buy something and a year later, it's twice as much that I've paid for it, I'm much more like early Warren Buffett, you know, clearing it out, taking mm-hmm. the profit, getting ready to move to something else. And, um, you know, later Warren, older, wiser Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger are like, yeah, it works out pretty good to just sit tight. Um, but here's the difference with certain they, companies, you know, well, like they've got, they've got their sort of lifer companies, Yeah. but they, they have sold, they sell all the time. Oh, they, they absolutely. And Buffett is one of the biggest options traders in the world. I mean, he's very much more active than he makes out. And, and, you know, when you look at American express and he's sitting on it for 40 years, 11% compounded, awesome. But in that same time period, Berkshire is at a 20% compounded rate of return. Hmm. So really, if you look at American Express, you've got something that hasn't performed as well as the entire package. It's a part of it, but there's other parts that have done much, much, much better. So I think Buffett's point is, hey, we put the money in here and it sits tight and, uh, and it's all good and it makes it a, you know, 13% a year is nothing to laugh about. It's an excellent return. That's um, amazing. But meanwhile, of course, by working at it, He's done much, much better. And I think I think all yeah. of us can do better too like that. Really I want to mention two things that I also found important before we, uh, maybe then you hit the high points. One is since we were just talking about the speed that the Fed moved um, back in March 2020, mm-hmm. he Buffett recommended a book that he said was very good about that time. And it's called Trillion Dollar Triage. Um, and he said it was a great overview of, of exactly what happened then. The trillion and dollar then, triage. Wow. Yeah. Trillion dollar triage. And then also just because you were talking about cash and the importance of staying, having cash when things start to crash. And Buffett and Munger both made a, I thought it was a really focused point that they talked about for a little while about what cash is to them. And he said, Buffett said multiple times, it is not a money market account. It is only, to him, treasury bills. That's it. It has to be absolutely readily available. It can't be any commercial paper, can't be any money market account, because he doesn't know what's going to happen to those accounts as things start to melt down. So I thought that that was a huge point that... uh, for those of us listening um, who are not as sophisticated as him necessarily, wondering what exactly cash is it like in your savings account or like what does it mean? So to him, it means treasury bills. Yeah, I think that's super important. We we do uh, government securities that are you know paying whatever they pay, but they're completely liquid and totally not leveraged and 
mm. got the full faith of the U.S. government behind them because, you know, we have to deliver that cash. So, yeah, 100% cool. Um, let's see. And let's, then let's any go other big some more points of off your list? Yeah, let's see. Um, we talked about quite a lot of this already. Um, I love this analogy. Treat ownership of a business like you've just collected fine art. Mm. And I like that because yes, last night I went over to um, a, a showing at a at a unique little gallery, and um, I'm going to say this guy's name's wrong. Bas Bas Basquiat. Basquiat. Yeah. Basquiat. Did I get it right? Basquiat, a fam very famous artist. Yeah, super super famous artist. Well, this particular collector has been buying those paintings for years. Hmm. And sitting on them, He's, he bought he bought a couple of them for thirty thousand dollars, that are now worth oh maybe ten million. Yeah. Right. So I can imagine. I think this is a great a great. I mean, this guy just sat on it. He said I was laughing with him. He's about mid forties, and he was just like, "Yeah, I hope you know my wife hopes someday that I'll, I'll actually sell some of these things." <laughs> you know. <laughs> so he's he's basically a collector of art, and I think Buffett's point is treat wonderful businesses like that and this goes with what i was just saying i sell too soon as as a big flaw and and uh i shouldn't because they don't come around every day that you can buy these wonderful things mm. and hold on to them um and then i think if you're if you're fairly wealthy if you've got if you're listening to this podcast and you've got a good net worth and what you're trying to do is preserve it then i think what buffett's saying is really important for you you're you're going to do the American Express thing that we've talked about before, which is, you know, fine, 11, 13 percent. Great. And just not do anything and just mm -hmm. own that fine piece of art. If you're starting like I did with a thousand bucks and you got ten thousand dollars, you know, something like that, then mm, you may want to consider uh, when a thing gets, you know, well above its intrinsic value, then, you know, maybe you do want to move it out and get something else. The, the problem with the way I do it is that new opportunities don't come along every day. You have to work hard. I work at this full time. If you're doing this at 15, 20 minutes a week, then sitting on pieces of art that you bought would be a really smart idea. And I think I get the feeling those opportunities used to come along more often. Uh, I 100% agree. There's the, the the sort of standard like oh seven every seven years or so the market yeah. has at least a mini crash if not a major one and that obviously hasn't happened in the last what are we at now like twelve years, um yeah. so yeah it's sort of a different situation now. Yep, and I I think as an investor the 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 hard part is, you know as Buffett said in the meeting you know. Uh, uh, Chapter Eight and the Intelligent Investor, which, by the way, if you haven't right. read, is required reading. You know, you, you when everybody else has seen a duck and you can see a rabbit, and it's a rabbit, mm -hmm. you're gonna do real, real well. You mm -hmm. know, if everybody else has just seen some angry drawings, but you see genius, or you see the way the market's going, you're gonna you're gonna do really well. And um, I think the point there is that just because everybody else is going the other way doesn't mean you're wrong. And it really helps to understand why everybody else would be going the other way. And this is where you have a huge advantage as a small investor. No, no pension fund manager is looking over your shoulder saying, swing you bum. We want get in there and buy something. We're not paying you 
to sit there and wait for two years. Any idiot could do that. Well, we're the idiots that can do that. <laughs> we're the ones that can just sit tight for two years or three years or whatever it takes until obviously wonderful businesses go on sale. And that's the key thing, you guys, is don't make it harder than it needs to be. Don't stress yourself. Don't strain trying to find stuff. Just wait. You know, look at the best companies in the world, the Costco's of, of the world, right? The fabulous companies, fabulously well run and own them when they get cheap and then just forget about it. You know, put them on your wall like a fine piece of art. I think that's super, super, super easy. And I think I you think can all beautiful. do it. I think yeah. you can all do it. I think, um, and the big thing is you got to pull the trigger when it's time. And what that means is you don't have the luxury of figuring this out after the crash happens. You've got to do it now. If we're looking into the teeth of a recession. Is that something he said or something you're no, saying? that's something I'm saying. I remember him saying that. Well, actually, maybe, maybe that is something he was saying in a sense. Um, you know, it's like basically toward the end of the meeting, he says, when opportunities arise, you got to be prepared to act. But you have to act big time. You got to go out with a bucket, not a thimble. And mm -hmm. that means you have to be ready. And that's not just having your money that's ready. True. It's having your mind ready having understood the business well, having really grokked it, having gone deep into whatever else you're out there looking at, you know, and uh, and then you know that you're comfortable putting your, you know, a huge chunk of your life savings into this thing because it's a great piece of art. That's what yeah. I'd leave you guys with this episode. And I think that's the key to Buffett's success. So you can do it. It's just a matter of doing the work. If you pretend that you can do this without doing the work, you're going to have a rude surprise. When it comes time to actually pull the trigger, you're not going to be able to. That's just true. Sit there. I agree with that. Having right. done that, I gotta go. Times now. I, I I gotta run, honey. Okay. I do. Thanks, everybody. All right, I love you guys. Appreciate Bye. everything you're doing. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening to Invested. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more information or to listen to additional episodes, visit our website at investedpodcast.com and sign up for my virtual workshop right there. Spots are definitely limited for this event. I'm not kidding. They really are. They sell out very quickly. So everything discussed on this podcast, by the way, is either my opinion or it's Danielle's opinion. And it's really important. It's not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your financial advisor, nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. So remember that. You're on your own here. This podcast is for your entertainment and education only, and I really hope you enjoyed it.